Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his jeans from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. Gus. Oh, he's got onions. Gus. He's got onions. What's up, everybody? Week one of the Big East Barroom, and there is nothing better than to have some actual basketball to talk about. Happiest of Sunday afternoons, Ryan Cassidy. How are you? What's up, everybody? Uh, great first week of basketball. Really excited to be here. Really excited to talk about it. Uh, really excited that the wait's over. Yeah, so new year, and we decided we're going to try something a little bit different. Um, last year, we would talk about go through the week that was. And then preview the week that uh, is coming up. But this year we're going to try a little PTI style. So we're going to put three minutes on the clock. You'll hear a pretty familiar thing come out at the end of when that three minutes is up. Um, as a timer, teams are in random order. We're going to talk about them for three minutes at a time. Go through them. And then at the end, we're just going to kind of talk about if there are any big topics that we want to talk about at the end. So get, leave us some feedback if you like this better, easier to follow. We always... Uh, I think Ryan and I were at the perfect age of PTI coming out, and that kind of stuck with us. Yeah, and we're just experimenting a little bit, seeing what works best. So we'll give this a try, and if we don't like it, we'll go to something else yeah. uh, and figure it out. Like a lot of these teams to start the season, a little experimenting, seeing what sticks from when we get to March. So, Ryan, you want to put three minutes on the clock as we talk about our first team? So we're going to go in reverse order for today. Um, what ESPN has up here. It's not even – I can't even really figure it out because almost every team is 2-0 and or 1-0. and um, but we're going to go in reverse standings order of what they have just by ran- randomness other than the bottom two. And um, if we All have right, I'm going to put three minutes on the clock. And our first topic is going to be the Villanova Wildcats. Tyler, what did you see? Two loss, or two games of Villanova. They played LaSalle. They got within 13. Um, they won by 13 against LaSalle, much to the chagrin of betters. And then they went and they played a tough Temple team and they lost. Um thing about Villanova is their script will not be written on them until we get a lot later into the season. Whitmore still hasn't played a game. Justin Moore hasn't played a game. Although some people, you know, there's a lot of steam on that Justin Moore train coming back. I've kind of seen people back off of that take a little bit more. Um, I'm kind of wondering now if people are starting to see, be more realistic about it and not just the optimism. Well, there was pushback um, throughout the summer. Obviously, Justin Moore has been very consistent saying that he's going to be back at some point this season. Um, I actually had the opportunity to speak with somebody close to him who reiterated that, who said that they're very confident and he's very confident that he'll be back. Um, but people who know the injury, people who have followed NBA players who have had the injury, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, I mean, the timeline is not anything they've seen before yeah so i mean what we did see is <clears throat> villanova you know losing to temple um we caught the end of that game mainly um you know they're they're down a scorer they're down their two most important players from last year without gillespie you could say they're down their three most important people from last year without gillespie right and uh more samuels sam and samuels was absolutely incredible um i'd love to see a little bit more from archie diacono from the point guard um, I think Caleb Daniels needs to take that next step. He shot a lot of open threes last year off of Gillespie driving the lane. Um, and he's got to be moving to the hoop a little bit more. But if you're Villanova, and props to Villanova fans, I have not seen anyone freaking out about one early season loss. Um, 
this is a type of loss that you, you know, you lose at the beginning of the year and then you're like, oh, well, this kind of really helped the team. And they've been 12 and one since their loss at, uh, you know, Temple. Yeah. I think the Chris Archie Diacono decision was definitely surprising for a lot of people. Um, you know, a lot of people were projecting that Mark Armstrong was going to be in the starting rotation um, because he's a four-star freshman and he's getting NBA draft looks. They end up going Chris Archie Diacono, which is a kind of a business decision because they know what they're getting from him. Yeah. Um, he's a junior or a senior. He's an upperclassman. He's not going to turn the ball over. Um, and so I think that's why Neptune went with him, but he's definitely not a scoring threat. And Wright went with, um, Wright came out and said that Armstrong and Busy, Bl- Brizzy. Brizzy would have played this year regardless of the injuries. He came out today, not Wright, Neptune, that's going to be hard to remember, um, came out and said that, but I don't know, I need to see more from Caleb Daniels, I need to see more from Eric Dixon, those guys need to take a step forward. What they did last year without Gillespie and Samuels and Wright won't be enough, um, and without more, so they need to both take steps you know, further up, and I want to see them. I think we see Armstrong start at some point. No. Level of panic for Villanova? None. I'm not panicking. I'm I'm saying one. So. All right, Ty. Oh. All right. There's our, that's our first PTI category, and we're moving on quickly to. The Butler Bulldogs. So let's put three minutes on the clock. The one, oh, sorry. I'm still trying to figure this out. The Butler Bulldogs were able to win their game against New Orleans on opening night. They don't. They haven't played yet. They will play again later this week. Um, they're going to be playing Penn State in the Gavit games. So big early season st- test for them. Um, and then they have a few games where they're, you know, kind of went or by game, St. Francis PA and the Seattle. And then they play Tennessee who lost. I was just trying to get to the Tennessee game. Um, what do you think about Butler going into this? We didn't really learn a lot. They loved, they won by 30. It's hard to talk about it. Um, Manny Bates was an animal. Uh, he went 25 and 11. I, I love to see Seamus Lukosius, you know, kind of pick up where he left off with the 11 and 5. I mean, the story of this game is Manny Bates. What what What's the hype on Manny Bates coming into this year? Because I know that's... Well, sorry, I'm going to fix this eventually, but... Um, What's the hype level for you on Manny Bates? Let's say even excluding this game. coming into So this I season. followed him a little bit when he played for uh, NC State two years ago. He didn't play last year. Um, he was he was more of a rim protector a couple years ago. He wasn't much of a scoring threat. He was definitely one of the better big men in the conference at the time. Um, but I think, you know, having not played basketball for a year and then needing to kind of move into a new role at Butler where there's an expectation of scoring um, – you know, wait and see a little bit. But I agree with you. Overall, we didn't learn much. New Orleans was one of the lowest-ranked opponents of any biggest team in the first week. Uh, they only played one game. So I'm still waiting to see, um, you know, more out of Butler. Yeah, and, I mean, let's be honest. Butler sh- fans should be happy. I mean, the first game of the Thad Mata era, he comes in and gets a win. This is a game... You don't want to even be having the conversations we're going to have to have about Georgetown later or Providence later. Right. They went in. They handled business. Manny Bates looked incredible. It didn't look like he took a whole year off of basketball. This is the type of season that you want or this type of first game that you want coming into the season, especially as you're going to go against a really tough Penn State team um, on Monday. I see that a lot of people are picking Penn State to win that game. Yeah, do they still have Seth Lundy out there? That's what you get your your computer up. Yeah. Uh, they had a good team a couple years ago. I know we saw Sam Sessoms over at Coppin State against Georgetown. So um, Penn State men's basketball roster. Now there's probably an easier way to do this. Um, 
and it's not loading as quick. Seth Lundy is still on the team. So Seth Lundy's a killer. Oh, and I see Miles Dredd over there, who is also a killer. So they returned a couple of their best guard scorers, um, which should definitely play for them. So Butler will have a, a much more of a challenge. Yeah, I mean, good luck keeping Manny Bates out of the paint, especially the way that he looked in the first game. Manny Bates is, you know, used to going against high-level college basketball players. So Butler, this is exactly what you wanted from that first game. You Nothing to worry about. So, But, but let's see more. Yeah. Level of confidence of Butler? I'd say uh, I'm still I'm going to stick with a five. I go four. I got to see it against Penn State. All right. Next team that we're going to be chatting about is the Xavier Musketeers. Again, we didn't rank them this way. We just happened to see that this is what ESPN had, and we wanted to go in random order. So Xavier played two games this week, got two wins. The first game was way too – nope, that, sorry, I'm going off of uh, Creighton. Um, two big, two big wins against Montana and um, Morgan State. Morgan State. So, what do you like about Xavier? In um, or what do you hate about Xavier? Tell me one thing you hate about. So Xavier. Desmond Claude, I, it, you hate Desmond Claude. I do not hate Desmond. Let's Claude. get that First on record. Desmond Claude, as a fellow Connecticut fellow, um, you know I'll stand up for Desmond Claude, but um, Desmond Clark. In complete honesty, we did not catch the second Xavier game because we were at the UConn game. So I'm we caught it a little bit at. Uh, the tavern. We did not have a tree fall on us, though. That was huge. Yeah, that was big. We got apple for that. Um, but we did w- watch the Morgan State game where Desmond Claude uh, definitely struggled a bit with turnovers. Suli Boom looks fantastic. Suli Boom was like, I left him off my uh, top five guards to start the year, point guards, and uh, people were not happy about it. Um, you asked me specifically to rewatch the first half of the Morgan State game, and then you yelled at me for texting you about it. That I mean, you sent me 15 texts in a row. So He says, can you watch the first half of this? And I go, okay. And I, I said, you should watch the first half. I okay. didn't say send me so, an essay about it. So anyway, I watched it like I was supposed to, and that's what happened. Um. They played really fast. I know Xavier fans, a few were a little concerned about how fast they were playing. Silly turnovers. They were clearly the most talented. My question still comes down to, can Zach Fremantle and Jack Nunji play on the court at the exact time? Because both of them are post players. Um, I, I, I'm not sure, and I think that's part of the problem Xavier ran into last year. We saw Sean Miller, uh, their new coach, running some fun stuff. Sweaty with- Sean. Sweaty Sean. Um you know, he ran a couple high lows between them, a couple, you know, really interesting post feeds. You know, Jack Nunji can spread the floor, so you can play four around one with Fremantle in the middle of the paint. Um, yeah, but don't you think Jack, you'd rather have Jack Nunji in, in, the, point, at the, in the post at that point? <coughs> Fremantle's taking fours into the paint. I don't know. I like Fremantle. I think he, you know, his offensive game has a high upside. Jack Nunji's an all-conference first-team player, in my opinion, and has been consistently since he entered the Big East. Colby Jones looks jacked. Did you yeah. notice this? I mean, he's been doing the Suli Boom workouts. He looks like he put on 20 pounds of muscle. Suli Boom and Colby Jones looked really... Suli Boom really impressed me. I was I was kind of skeptical. I'm always skeptical when a transfer comes in. Um, but he, no, he, he picked up right where he left off. But, of yeah. course, he's playing Montana and Morgan State, so... Oh, of course. And all of this, what we're talking about is... Co- I mean, you can't... All we can do is judge off a look, what they look like. We can't right. give you any insight of what that is going to translate to and is indicative of in the future. I'm just saying, specifically, is, this is not a step up in competition for Absolutely. Him, you know, compared to where he was. So, it, it's not a huge difference. Yeah. So, I mean, Colby Jones looks like he's going back to being that first team Big East. Confidence level that Xavier makes the tournament. Three... Two, one, Eight. seven. All right, next on our list, Rye? Next, we got 
the Yukon Huskies. Which we can talk confidently about because I was at both Yukon games over the week and you were at one of the Yukon games. I was games at the, the Boston week. University game. Well, UConn gets two wins off Boston University and off of Stonehill. Stonehill, formerly D2 last year, comes in and plays the UConn Huskies. Um, tough look for them. Not, not our best bragging moment. No, but it's still, UConn, UConn had the exact moments that Butler, or Butler did in that one game. UConn came in, a lot of change, a lot of overhaul, and they do exactly what they're supposed to do. They win the games by a lot, where there is zero level of concern from UConn, and like I'm saying with Butler and Xavier too. Um, it's all just now on feeling how it looks, so... What did you like about UConn? I loved the uh, contribution they got from their freshman. Yeah. Alex Carabin. 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 Figure that out the hard way. And Donovan Klingon, who, um, you know, we weren't sure Donovan Klingon was really going to see the floor this year. Now, obviously, they're, they're playing nobody, so yeah. maybe he won't in Big East play. But right now, it looks like he can play. Yeah. Um, you know, he's 7'2", great wingspan. And he's got a little bit of a nose for the ball when it's going up. Yeah, one of the things I was impressed with Klingon is he didn't Klingon, I was told it is, by my lovely other half. Um, you, sometimes you have these freshmen, they're so interested in getting that block shot that they're jumping on people's backs and they're landing on people. He stayed down. He has six blocks through the first two games. Again, Stonehill and Boston, not trying to overhype it, but he wasn't over-anxious. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we did not talk about the big fella. Did you see him run the pick and pop? Adama Adama hits two threes in the second game, two or three from three, which is massive. One specifically was it was right (coughs) at the end of the half, and it was a play drawn up for Adama Sonogo to get a look at a three. Um, I mean, that's wild. If he can do that, he he could be player national player of the year. I'm not saying he can, but and what does it speak to that Sonogo goes for twenty three eleven with a block per game shooting and shoots two of three from three throughout this two game stretch and. The first thing we want to mention is Klingon and Caravan. You, I mean, Sonogo's points are just not, like, they're just quiet 23 points. You expect him. You yeah. expect him to be it's excellent. It's a comfort blanket. Yeah. And he has been excellent, so yeah. you know, and no complaints there. Jordan Hawkins went down with a um, concussion. Uh, it is his second concussion. I think UConn fans can be optimistic because Hurley said, even though the concussion was on Monday, he said he was questionable for the game on Friday. Um, he ended up not playing, but I think that's really optimistic. Um, and Andre Jackson, so their second and third best players, Hawkins and Jackson, don't play. Um, th- he said that he could, you could maybe see Jackson this week um, coming up. That would well, be he massive wanted to, this He team. wants him to be back for PKI, PKI 85, yep. which is Thanksgiving, and he wants him to be back for a warm-up game before it. So, yeah, we're getting pretty close. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking that um, this team will look closer to full strength. We're going to see what they look like. But UConn, I know they were your most impressive team of the Big East, but... Uh, I think they were really good, and they really kind of calmed a lot of UConn fans down with some uncertainty. What would you rate their depth right now? On a scale of 10, best in the conference? I think so. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Seton Hall. Onions! Onions! Double onions there. We're moving on, and we are going to hit on the, the Saint, Johnnies. St. John's Johnnies. Johnnies go 2-0 this week? What a... I uh, was able to catch both games for the Johnnies. I only caught the first oh, game. Oh, actually, I only caught the second game. I only caught right? the first game. So, perfect. So, so, let me talk about the first game for a moment. I mean, this was some of the fastest basketball I ever saw in my life. Um, Andre Corbella is just, I mean, he's electric. He's must-watch television. He's doing wild stuff constantly on the court. If you don't know Andre Corbella, if you're not a St. John's fan, you got to tune in for, to one of these Johnnies games because uh, he'll make you fall in love with the game again. Yeah, and um, the second game was the Joel Soriano game. It's hard because Joel Soriano wasn't as much of an offensive factor. He was a pretty good player last year, but 
against the Big East guys, he's just another guy. But against um, Lafayette, he was clearly the biggest man on the floor. And he played bully ball. And I was really impressed by Soriano, um, realizing the mismatches he had. They play out of control basketball yeah. for 40 minutes. The frustrating thing is I'm so high on the Johnny's players. They do not care if you score on the other end. I don't care what people are telling me. They do not care if you can score on the other well, end. Well, they want to get a steal. And if they don't get a steal, they'll let you hit the yeah, basket. They you want to you get... want to hit a layup and then Carbello and Posh are going to run down to the other end. It doesn't work against teams with multiple ball handlers. And that's what we've seen every year from St. John's. Posh Alexander is the best defensive guard in this country. Ridiculous. In the country, I would say. Ridiculous. And Curbelo is ridiculous. His hands, he's twitchy. He's unbelievably gifted athletically. It, once you put a second ball handler on the court or a third ball handler on the court, it, does, it, it hasn't worked. And I don't see why it's all of a sudden going to work now. Well, they didn't when, have Andre Corbello last yeah, year. Yeah, but they had Julian Champagne, who's a... Who's yeah, a, but, he, I mean, sure, he gave you something on offense, but he wasn't the same, you know... Impact. Yeah, so uh, you take a little step back offensively, you can't deal with the defensive issues that are going to happen. Right. I want St. John's to be so good. Adeo Wusu looked, you know... They have to clean it up. They had the most... Their first game was the most turnovers committed yeah. um, all week. I think they had 29 turnovers. 29... I mean, when you know, last year for Villanova, if they committed twelve turnovers, it was yeah. a you know a tragedy, and and they won the game last night by fifteen points, and it never felt close. But you're looking at it and you're like against a good team, like they might dominate the pace and still lose by ten points. Like David I Jones was for fantastic in oh, the first game. How was he in the second? Uh, he didn't score as much, but he was. I know that he re- went off in the first game. Um, yeah, I don't he know. hit four or five threes. He was really nice for them. A lot of my Johnny's fans are still not confident in St. John's. Everything I've seen on Twitter. So see, I'm the opposite. I'm moving them up in my uh, rankings. You're moving them up above who? Well, I've moved them into the tier above where I put them in the same tier as Villanova, Seton Hall, and Providence. Okay, so uh, confidence in Mike that Mike Anderson keeps his job for a whole calendar year. Three, two, one, four, six. All right, and. Come on, Bill. Onions. Onions. Double onions for Bill. And we're moving on to Seton Hall Blue Pirates. Pirates. Why did I call them the Blue? Because they are the Blue Pirates, to be fair. Um, Seton Hall goes 2-0 this week. Yep. Uh, Two convincing wins as well. I watched all 80 minutes of Seton Hall basketball. Congratulations to to his girlfriend. I'm prepared for Seton Hall talk. Um... Yeah, I mean, speaking of playing out of control, it's funny that the ESPN rankings put these two right next to each other because Seton Hall also just playing wildly out of control. First um, game was brutal for the first ten minutes, first twenty minutes. Yes, the first half was was bad. The second half wasn't great either. It um, was just better than the first half. We had been conditioned. Yeah, um, we were hurt at that. Well, point. Mon- but that was just as much Monmouth's Monmouth. Yeah, Monmouth fault as Seton Hall's fault. Um, and then they smack St. Peter's around. And Saint P- it's hard because St. Peter's is like now a household name. But like they're they not the same St. Peter's no, they, that they, they were last year they had because like, they all transferred. They had like eight or nine kids leave. Yeah. And Sheen Holloway coaches against his former team. I was pretty high. At, you know, it was a good win. And Oh, yeah. I mean, like you shouldn't be mad about it. It's again, they're in the Butler, UConn, Xavier category. Well, they think, just did what they were supposed to do, but they did it convincingly. I think Casey and Defo came out after and said, we had to win this game playing, you know, Holloway's old team. Yeah, right. good for him for already buying in. You know, that was a while. And Defo's been with them for four years. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they looked good. Um, standout players for me were uh, Tay Davis. 
the, the Dravis Davis, brothers. They both look really nice. My goodness. Their athleticism, they're doing what St. John's wants to do with more length. Yeah. And more depth. They don't play as fast. They don't play as fast offensively. They play as fast defensively. They're not turn- They're not fully pressuring, but they are. I think they have... I, I do like the comparison. I'd say the difference is they have more length and physicality on defense. Yeah. Uh, but same kind of havoc, you know, disrupting defense. It showed up. I think the question with Seen Hawk. So right now they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys averaging at least four points. Ten guys that they want in the rotation, yeah. to be honest, really averaging at least four points. You got it. This, this is where I'm going to get with Providence. So you got to start trimming fast. That's what Holloway did at St. Peter's. I just don't think that translates here. I don't think that chance. I, I think, think you have to get it done. I think he's going to try it. Well, he might. Maybe in a couple years we might be talking about he's not doing it anymore, but I don't see it in recent. He only isn't playing three people on his team. I mean, that's yeah. – it's just – I mean, you don't see it. And I don't know. I mean, hey, Seton Hall kind of had a down year last year comparatively. What, they what made might, the tournament. Yeah, but they – I mean, with Jared Roden and Kadari Richmond, you would have thought – I mean, if Bryce Aiken stayed healthy, it might have been a different story. I don't know. I, I loved Alamir Dawes. I thought he was great at Clemson, and I was really excited to see him. Yep, and he, Trey Jackson looks like he took a step forward. Um, He's not just shooting threes this year. Yeah, he's played really well in the post. Love Trey Jackson. Really physical. Confidence levels, Seton Hall makes the tournament. Six and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half? Eight and a half. I really like Seton Hall. I don't know about eight and a half. I, see, yeah, eight that, and a half on fucking UConn. <laughs> you can... You can um, that's the cool thing about the early season. You can go back and... Uh, Look at it and say this was an overreaction or this wasn't, and this was indicative of what the season had. All right, now we're moving to Providence. The Friar Faithful. Two games. Two games, they win both. Um, they beat Ryder by one point. Yes. Um, they on look a slip. like. On a <laughs> New name, same court. Um, then they look like they're again going to have a really good game against Northeastern. That Northeastern holds it close for the first half, and then they just blow the doors off from the second half. Um, I, I, for a lot of what I'll say about Providence, my only negative things to say are the same thing I just said about Seton Hall. I think you need to get that rotation down to eight. They're going 10 deep right now. Yeah. So they, I mean, they went with, they've been going, you know, with Floyd, who finally was healthy enough to play. Um, and he was a four-star recruit who answered from UConn. Um, you know, I, I just don't know if you can do that. And then, but what I really like to see at the end of that Providence game is Bynum stopped, pa- not that he stopped passing, but Bynum stopped saying... I'm going to defer. Bynum became an alpha at the end of that game. I mean, he went for 21 points. First technical, which I know he was thrilled about on uh, yeah, on, yeah. on Twitter. Um, so I, I really thought that second half. Bryce Hopkins looks good. I'm a li- The only thing Providence fans are going to be mad, I'm nitpicking. Um, it looked like he was using his physicality um, to draw a lot of fouls. And therefore, I'm worried about where, he, you know, when he gets into the Big East and those guys are his size. Mm. Um, I'm worried about if he's going to get those same amount of foul calls, you know, called on him. I thought Ryder played out of control. They con- they fouled him like 20 more times than Providence fouled. And, I, and people were like, oh, I can't believe it. And it's like, you're just looking at the numbers. You didn't watch the game. I thought Ryder played out of control. So good for Providence for exploiting that because, you know. They, you're not going to see that every game, but I thought Ryder was fouling almost every single time Providence went to the hoop. Yeah. I was glad to see Eddie Croswell played well. Oh, I love Ed. Ed Croswell, I mean, he just quietly 8-4. Um, I'm always impressed by you know what he's able to do physically. He needs to stop putting the ball down before he's putting it back up. Just go up. Just go up, big fella. Um, 
And I hope he finds kind of that alpha in him for the big man too. You know, he had, he had the alpha of all alphas in front of him last year, Nate mm. Watson. Um, he's got to remember now he is he is the big man on the team. So. Nate Watson, who I believe is having some success in Slovenia. Well, according to Jonathan, how do you say his name? Jun- I have no idea. Mr. Watson. He's been having a lot of success. So. And you, did you see Tyler Polly's playing in Italy? I didn't, but I'm not going to let that affect my Providence takes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought Clifton Moore looks good. Noah Locke looks good. Um, good luck figuring out how to play 10 transfers together. That's Devin the, Carter. That's, Devin Carter looks good. Um, I don't know. I, I got to see a lot more from Providence. It was They played one out of four good halves so far. Kind of like Georgetown. Um, yeah. Confidence so, that they make the tournament? Six. What are you saying? Five. Onions! Onions! Double onions from Bill today. The Marquette Golden Eagles, who I picked to finish last in the Big East and caught a lot of flack on Twitter for. Um, but I... They went go 2-0 as well. Um, they played one of the weirder games that you will ever see in the second one where they played Central Michigan and nobody got to stop the entire game. They 97-73. to um, And they smacked, or not smacked Radford, but they beat Radford 79-69 to earlier in the week. Who are you liking on Marquette? Who's... Yeah, they look, just said getting you. You know, I think they look right. pretty good. I think in terms of if you're if you're doing risers and fallers, Marquette's one of the big risers in the week. They uh they were pretty dominant against Central Michigan, and they played a pretty good game against Radford. I don't know if you go as far as dominant, but um, a win is a win, and Radford is not a low D one school right. like a lot of these teams played. Um, their freshmen have been really good. Uh, this kid Sean Jones, uh, I'm just. Like, you see him play, he's got to be the fastest guy in the Big East. His uh, ability to get up and down the court. So he really impressed me. He jumped off the page. Um, I'm going to forget the other kid's name. Is it Chase? David Joplin? No, nah, he's not a freshman. Is it Chase Ross? Um, through Agudara, Prosper, Mitchell, Chase Ross. You were right. Chase Ross, um, who Marquette fans are just raving about right now. So their freshmen look really good. Also, agudaro has been solid. He's looked really... I mean, he's scoring 15 a game. Um, how's Cam Jones shooting? Cam Jones had two games, six and a half points, shooting 23% from three. All right. So they need him to do better than that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he's, he's still that guy, so... How about OMP, who I pumped at the beginning of this year, that OMP was a top wing who's going for 14 and... Four right now, um, who's shooting 43% from three. OMP is my pick to click. And if Marquette's good, I mean, Kolick's averaging 10 assists a game right now. I know it's two games, yeah. stupid, but I mean. He's a wizard. He, he's just, a- he plays at his own pace the entire game. Yeah. He does he, not care. He's really fun to watch. I wish he'd knock down a couple of his jump shots because yeah. uh, he's still struggling with that. But in terms of assists he could e- i mean he led the conference last year he could easily lead, lead the conference again yep. this year you know i mean everything for marquette hinges on igodara igodara did i say that right igodara kolik and omp those three joplin looked really good he had a lot of threes at the yep. end of that game much to my chagrin because i bet the under um in that game but joplin looked good um they've got a lot so- of depth they, i mean they're very young they're a very young team they lost their three most nba talented players yeah. last year um, but you know, did you call Kirkwath NBA ready? Kirkwath, who's playing Kirk-Kwath? with RJ Cole and Al Durham in Greece. Yeah, and they would. Uh, there's probably no missed free throws over there <laughs> between RJ Cole and Al Durham. They're fun. I would tune in for a good. Okay, my question: there. confidence level. Marquette does not finish in the bottom three of the Big East. Bottom three. See, uh does not. 
Four. Four out of ten. Three out of ten. Yeah, we both haven't been in the bottom three. Yeah. Sorry, Marquette. Good week, though. 2-0. All right, now we're moving on to the Georgetown Hoyos. Georgetown wins two games. Uh, <laughs> Georgetown, I... Here's the problem with Georgetown. I love you. Like, I have an... It's like an abusive relationship right now with Georgetown. Because a cook a cook is r- my favorite probably college basketball player of almost all time at this point. Um, who I have DM'd multiple times because I'm just so, like... I just love the way he plays basketball. Primo Spares is a dog. My goodness. Primo Spears went nuts in these two games. Yep. And just watching him get his shots up. Curtis Wahab... Has done it in the Big East before. Yep. Murray, all I could hear about be- before the season started was how good Murray was and how we should all, you know, hype him up a little bit. Like, be good. But then they come out and they play They play a bad game against Coppin State. Coppin State was coming off a of back-to-back, one of the worst teams in the country, and they win by 10 in overtime. And then they come out and they're winning by two in the first half against Green Bay. So what do they do in the second half? Then they win the second half by 30 points. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you have those three uh, between Wahab, Akuk, and Primo Spears, you need to be competitive and you need to be blowing out these bye games, in my opinion. Um, I'm starting to come around when Georgetown fans feel it is a coaching issue. Um, I, I don't know how you can have some of the points you have and some of the stats you have and have struggled for three out of the four halves. Um, and that's all I'm saying about Georgetown. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, that they're bad. I think that they have a chance to be middle of the pack in the Big East. But they need to, you know, something isn't clicking. You can't have Primo Spears averaging 25 points a game and you struggled in three of the four halves. Yeah. That can't happen. Well, they're hoping to get Jay Heath back. I know uh, Heath um, is looking for a waiver from the NCAA. Uh, and he'd be another guard that they would add to their depth. Was talking to a few Georgetown fans. Uh, they seem very that Dante Harris isn't coming back. Yeah, they seem pretty confident because in that. they drew drew a um, a correlation to another player that you and used the same vocabulary around who never came back. Who I forget. It was a few years ago. Oh, wow. um, but I believe that situation was he found out he wasn't going to have the starting job, and he just decided to leave the program. I'm Russell, wondering Russell Diggins. <laughs> Is it Russell Diggins? Because I, I don't want to talk about Russell, Russell Diggins. Diggins at UConn. If you don't remember, <laughs> um, I believe Dante Harris found out he wasn't going to have the starting point guard, and he shouldn't have it because Primo Spears is an absolute. Oh my! He like I like I'm. Falling for that guy because he's so good. He, you know, at the end of the Coppin State game, he was like, I'm going up with every shot. And let's just say how good it is to see a cook a cook look good. He looks like somebody brought it up the other day. He's bringing an aura of this is the way we do things. Um, and I'm not trying to bring UConn into this, but it looks good. Your confidence level that Patrick Ewing has his job 12 months from now. <laughs> 10 because Georgetown won't fire him. <laughs> That's a good answer. Percent. What? Does he deserve it? One. I mean, like that's where I'm at with, with that. They they won't fire him, so it doesn't matter. That's what happens when you when you hire the legend. When you, you hire know? your best player of all time, you can't fire him. Yeah. It's like why UConn doesn't hire Ray Allen. Like like you don't. Uh, you really need to be on good terms with him. All right, the fighting blue, not fighting, but they are always fighting. The blue demons. Yep. My favorite Twitter base. Um. They uh they go two and zero this week. They get a win over, to be fair, we did not watch a lot of DePaul because 
We were at the UConn games when they played both their games. Um, Loyola, Maryland, and Western Illinois, they went by uh, six, and then they went by 12. So um, I know DePaul is not quite what they are going to be by the end of the year because they are missing Nick Ongenda, who is one of their best players. Um, but always good to see when DePaul puts up a week without any uh, without a loss. Yeah, um, I didn't get to watch much of either game. I love Nick Ongenda. I hope he it manages to get back. Nobody's got a timetable for him right now, which is uh, not, never a good sign. It's you know I don't want to cut into DePaul time too much. The weird, the hard thing for me coming off of being a pro sports fan before this, is still a pro sports fan. You get timetables like that, 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 because these are kids. Like we don't know when Jordan Hawkins is coming back. We don't know when Alexis Yetna is coming back. We don't know when Dante Harris is coming back. We don't know when these guys well, are coming back. It's funny you mentioned Alexis Yetna. I wonder, right? He tried to go pro in France. Yeah. He did, like he he left Seton Hall and then he managed to come back. I wonder if he knew he couldn't play this year and he just wanted to rehab at Seton Hall. And Seton Hall looked, was like, "Yeah, we'll help you out." I'd be, I mean, hey, that wouldn't be terrible. For Conspiracy him. theory at deep into the podcast right here. Javon Johnson goes for twenty five points in the second game. Um, I know Javon Johnson was having a good year last year and then got injured. I believe, um, not in your book. Could I be. Can, I, I don't know that one. Um, but. You know, they're returning a few of their same players. You know, you're looking at the team, Jalen Terry, Yorinoy, um, Zion Cruz. The, one of the stories is he's not playing a ton. Yeah, I know. He didn't, uh, he didn't have a great 13 minutes start. and 15 minutes. Um, or no. Yeah. Am I looking at this right? Uh, yeah. 13 minutes and 15 minutes. So I, I'd i like to see DePaul, especially because they don't think they're going to finish in the top. No, I believe Emoja Gibson had a really big game for them. Is that correct? Emoja Gibson in the second game or the first game? I'm not sure, but I think he had in one the of the... first game, um, he had 12 points. Had one of the high point totals and in the conference. And in the second week. game, Emoja had 24 points. Yes, so he, he did. did. So be good, Emoja Gibson. I'm not in my book, to be honest. He's a senior. Uh, did he come from USF? Uh, no, he, did he come from Oklahoma? Emoja Gibson came from, wouldn't it be nice if they would list it right here? Wherever he came from, he averaged 13 points. He came from games. Oklahoma. Caleb Murphy came from um, USF. But. Yeah, plays Zion Cruz. I mean, wh- what do you have to lose at this point? And if you're Stubblefield, it's all about development of Zion Cruz. Jalen Terry, Zion Cruz, Nick Gongenda. You turning in? Turning in what? Tuning in? Oh, yeah, I'm tuning in. I'll, I'll watch the Paul now. If they didn't play the two games UConn did, I would have watched them now. Yeah. I enjoy them. Percent chance the Paul doesn't finish in the bottom. Confidence level the Paul doesn't finish in the bottom two. In the Big East. Zero. Doesn't finish? Zero. Yes. No, I think two. they finish in the bottom two. Two. I, right now I'm saying Georgetown's last and Marquette has a chance to finish second to last. All right. That's ten teams just leaving us with the Creighton Blue Jays. And we've saved Creighton for last because they were at the top of our list. Um, Creighton had... Well, not top of our list. They were this at was the, ESPN random rankings. Yeah. ESPN had the random rankings. But... um. Creighton wins two games. They struggle really big with St. Thomas More. Um, St. Thomas More Aquinas, St. Thomas More, whatever. Um, it, they win by 12, and then they come out and they really smack the next team around. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much Creighton the first game was dealing with expectations for the first time, being the hunted, not the hunter. Um, you know, or is it just a, you know, well, they're getting I, back into the swing of things. Yeah, I, I think I, they're just getting back into the swing of things. St. Thomas is not a very serious school, so... Um, they should be able to beat them, and they do beat them with, with a little help from your friend there, Baylor Shireman. Baylor Shireman had a stretch in that game where, uh, you know, they were down one. St. Thomas More finally takes the lead in the second half, and Shireman hits two threes, and then somebody pointed out to me that 
look at the score, they, like, St. Thomas More scored, like, four more points for the rest of the game. This was at, like, the nine-minute mark. Yeah, and then did you see him pumping up the crowd afterwards? Yeah, I mean, Shireman, here's the thing. You're going to – Creighton fans are going to absolutely love Shireman some games, and they're absolutely going to detest Shireman some games because – He's going to take those long threes from the logo, and when it's going in, it's going to be electric, just like Mitchie Ballack. But when he's missing, you're going to be like, can't we get a better shot than he's that? A, he's a really good rebounder, and he's a really good passer. Yeah. Um, which certainly helps when his shot isn't going in. Um, yeah, he's going to mess around and become one of my favorite players. Yeah, I mean, because we're also going to get to, to see a lot of the highlights where we're going to see him going off in a few games. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just saw a few Creighton fans already going, getting a little bit... Like, this kid's not Steph Curry. Why is he used to think he's Steph Curry? And it's like, well... And I know I already gave you this take, but we'll put it on the podcast. Francisco Farabello, um, the the Miller feller there, and... Um, Miller fella. And who's the other... Mason Miller. Mason Miller, and who's the other kid they got? Frederick Kane. No. Ben Schultzberg. Schultzberg. You cannot tell the difference between those two when they're on the court. I swear to God, they look the exact same. Mason Miller, but they're gonna gonna get different haircuts or something. Uh, At Um, least they don't have three Ryans playing anymore. They're down to two. Miller looked. Well, at least they look different though. Miller looked nice. Um, He's a little lefty freshman. Um, Yeah, Brian Cockburn is like seven three. Yeah, Cockburner. Um, the one thing I was interested in, and maybe Creighton fans tune in, maybe just didn't have opportunities. He gets a block in the first game and doesn't get one in the second game. Very odd to see Ryan Cockburner not impacting. I I watched the whole second game. He uh, impacting shots, impacted a lot of shots, just not getting the blocks. I I had just seen the stats for that one. Um, No, Ryan Cockburner was by far their best player in the second game. I Um, need, I need to see Kaluma shoot from three a little more consistently. Yeah. All right. 22% 22% for Kaluma. I, it looked I like love he was, Arthur Kaluma. It looked like he was pressing a little bit to me. Like, yeah. he, he saw the NBA... Um, he's a first-round talent if it rumors things go the right Everything way. like that. And he's trying to impress people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty I'm pretty high on Creighton. Percent chance... Or confidence level Creighton finishes in the top two in the Big East. In Big East play? No, in the Big East conf- regular season. So, yes, kind of in Big East play. Uh, seven. I don't know. You know, crazy things can happen. Nobody had Providence winning last year. Yeah, I'll say seven two. I think uh, Villanova, UConn, Xavier, Providence. It, it won't. Not even not Providence. Villanova, UConn, Seton Hall. Um, it doesn't really even matter who finishes. When you watch Creighton games, try to watch the number of times Greg McDermott finds a way for a lob get to get to Ryan Cockburner. <laughs> yeah, if he's seven feet. I mean, I must have seen ten different plays that all resulted in a lob to Ryan Cockburner. I mean, good for them. Uh, I think one of the things Creighton also underestimate, or not Creighton, but we did is just uh, Creighton's done, by the way. We're just musing now. Um, Ryan Hawkins scored, you know, averaged 20 points a game last year. Uh, Ryan Hawkins was a really yeah. impactful player. Um, and you have to replace that score. And people, I think people sometimes forget that, like, when you lose that score, and you have to, someone has to step up and replace it. You can't just come in and be the exact same player that you were um, the year before. Because if you don't take that step forward and you average two more points and you average two more points, then you're not replacing the. Well, but then they bring in Baylor Shireman who averaged yeah. 20 points. But he's only. And he's averaging game. nine, so now you're missing about 10 points a game. I'm just saying, I think people underestimate the way that that um, can impact players. Yeah, it's early. I'm not worried. I think Shireman's going to oh, get no. going. I'm not worried. I think shireman been fine. I'm not worried about Crate. I'm just saying, I think. Sometimes those guys need to get on the court, look around, and be like, oh shit, RJ Cole's not here. Oh shit. Um, Ryan Hawkins isn't here. 
shit, Julian Champagne's not here. And they need to say, you know, some one of us has to go score. Like, we can't just play the same way we played last year. So, Well, I mean, that's how Joel Soriano ends up in the second half getting... Yeah, just, no, I think I think Joel Soriano looked around and got Julian Champagne isn't averaging 24 points a game right now. You mean, okay, fine, I'll go get 15 or 16. Like, and that's why I thought he was dominant in the second half. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I'm not... Uh, it's hard to draw conclusions from anything that happened in the, in two games. I'm a little worried about Villanova, like 1% worried about Villanova, just because if Justin Moore doesn't come back and Cam Whitmore comes back and plays like a freshman, is it just, are we just, what changes for Villanova other than everything that changes over a bit? They have to figure out their point guard situation. Um, Caleb Daniels has to be that guy. Uh, you know, Caleb Daniels, you know, they played a close first half against LaSalle and, uh, Caleb Daniels was the only difference. And yeah. he was just, they kept going, under, I don't know, about four or five times they went under screens on Daniels and he just lifted right up, knocked it down. I mean, the kids saw it. It's just one of the things about Villanova is you take what the defense gives you. And for so five years, that defense was forced by Gillespie and you took, you could take what he gives you. Because Gillespie would give a lob to Dixon, or Gillespie would find Slater for a wide open three where nobody was near. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get that this year. You're not gonna get that Brandon Slater. Nobody's in the area three. Yeah, I mean, you just can't have your point guard have no scoring threat or like, driving threat. Like I like Archie Diakno, but he's a knockdown shooter in the corner. Is he? I mean, he could be. <laughs> he's. I think he he's only be. hit a couple threes in his career. I mean, he could. I mean, maybe I'm just. That's maybe his brother. You're thinking yeah, of. well, definitely his brother was a. Um, oh, what? I even just typed in Ryan Archie Diakno, Chris Archie Diakno. Um, but you got to get some scoring out of there, and then you know, you got to get some scoring out of your bench. You know, I did. I tracked the most um, bench points after the first game for each team, and yeah. Villanova had the least bench points. Um, he's had more than a couple threes, but you're right. Armstrong, got to see a lot from Armstrong coming up. I mean, the Brizzy, these these guys that have been heralded. Longino looked, I mean, Longino played pretty good minutes. He did. He I almost mean, had a game winning three against Temple. Yeah, I thought, uh, I was really impressed with him. His ability to step up. Um, and there's going to be growing pains. Um, I think that Villanova is still a top three team in the Big East, but. I know you said it's hard to conclude anything, but. If you were to make a conclusion, what team most impressed you this week? Oh, Seton Hall. Without a doubt. I mean, I just wasn't anticipating. I was anticipating Kadari Richman. I was uh, anticipating Nado. Uh, I can't say his name. Nandoko. No, no, Defco. Indefo? Indefo. Casey Indefo. Um, I, was, I wasn't um, Jameer Harris. I wasn't anticipating these two brothers coming in. Right. And absolutely, the Davis brothers are out of this world. Yeah, fun um, to watch. Could be, you know, that they shine against these teams and then they kind of dull against the others. But I don't know. The Trey and J- Trey, Dre and Tay Davis, I think, are something to watch. Holloway said when he took the job, he said they're going to have to play hard. That's not negotiable. And uh, he's really lived up to that so yeah. far. I mean, even when they're playing out of control, you can't say they're not playing hard. And Alamir Dawes, we saw him at Clemson a little bit yeah. um, with Honor, Nick Honor. Yeah. Um, he's He's just kind of stepped in and been the... He's been the guy when they need a bucket, but they haven't really needed a bucket. That's why it's so hard to draw conclusions in the first yeah. week. They haven't needed a bucket yet. Like, they haven't needed a bucket. Yeah. Every game they've played, they've, they've wanted a bucket. Tyrese Samuel looks great, too. I'm going to go St. John's if I were to pick a team. 
That impressed you? That impressed me the most. Really? I think in terms of, you know... What's different from last year? Because I completely disagree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, every time you bring in transfers, you have to wonder, are the transfers going to work out? Like, look at Georgetown. It's a whole new team, and it's not working out. They're 2-0. They're the same as St. John's. You think Georgetown has looked as good as St. John's? Yes. He doesn't, Saint, he doesn't know ball, guys. I don't know. He doesn't know Saint ball. St. John's has looked like St. John's of last year without their best scorer. Georgetown, at least, is a different Saint team. St. John's looks like they have a magician on the court when Andre Corbello walks this, out there. I love Andre Corbello as much as anybody, but he's like he can't shoot. And as soon as other teams make he's him hit, shoot. He's hit like two threes. Yeah. Excuse you. Well, okay. Him Excuse- and Adama are going to have a three-point contest at the All-Star break. What I mean, Listen, Andre Corbello is going to go out there. He's going to hit the shots he needs to hit. But he doesn't have to hit that. But he hasn't done that. He's never done that. But he doesn't need to hit But he's never done that. But he doesn't need to hit the shots. He's never hit the shots he needs to hit. That's what I don't understand where you're coming from. David Jones has looked great. David David Jones is a high quantity shooter. (laughs) High volume. (laughs) He is a high he's a high usage guy. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. He was actually like top five last year, despite having Javon Freeman Liberty on the team. I like David Jones. I wish he had stayed at DePaul. I thought that was kind of... I don't love inter-conference transfers. Uh, except a cook. A cook, you can go wherever you want. <clears throat> um, no, I'm going the Johnnies. I think that they've meshed well. I think Andre Corbello looks like what I thought he would look like. Because we watched him at Illinois. And I, we knew if he could do that in the Big Ten, he could do it in the Big East. Yeah, and if you watch me play against sixth graders, you'll say that I look like what? Like, it's Lafayette. I'm going to remind you of this in a few months. He played with sunglasses the second game. I'm going to remind you. Sunglasses. He had shades on. Like, and was looking at it, and, like, are those goggles? No, they were legitimately sunglasses that he was using as goggles. Listen, guys. I don't know what it's medical. In three me. months, when St. John's is running the table, you pull this up, somebody clip it, and you send it to him, Okay. I want the Johnnies to be good. Posh Alexander deserves to be good, but nothing changed my mind about the Johnnies. I actually lowered them one spot on my uh, where I had them. That take? Uh, Joel Soriano be dominant because Joel Soriano is Jones, a lot of fun. Andre Cabello, Posh Alexander, Julian Champagne is playing for the Seventy Sixers. Yes, that's my point. They had a Seventy Sixer on their team last year, and they they couldn't do anything. Well, Julian Chimpetti can't outshoot Mike Anderson. All right, that's my problem. If you're gonna play a defense where you can give up a layup every time and be fine with it, that is bad defense. How many turnovers did they force? I don't. I, I think they committed twenty nine turnovers and still forced more turnovers than they committed. I mean, they weren't. I don't know. I, I think until we stop this 40 minutes of hell thing, that is a cute little um, experiment, but only works when you have, like, NBA-type players at every position. Like, the only team I've ever seen do this is, like, Louisville in 2013. Like, and wow, that was great when... callback. Yeah, Peyton Siva was playing point guard. And go. Ross Smith was playing the shooting guard. Is that guard. Luke Hancock? Nah, I don't know. I can't call all the way back to that. I'm trying to find the schedule, or I'm trying to look at St. John's. How many turnovers they forced... Louisville also is 0-2, so don't ever leave the Big East or you will be winless. Yeah. They lost to Wright State and... Uh, Pitiful. Wright State and Hill. Have you followed any of the other um, outside of the Big East? Uh, watch Rutgers. Um, they barely beat UMass Lowell, but Caleb McConnell didn't play. Hard to tell. Right. Um, other than that, I haven't watched a ton because Big East is hard right now because as we were talking about earlier, um, it's not just... They forced 21 turnovers, and they turned the ball over 
29 times, so they did not force more turnovers. Oh. Um, it's hard because ev- instead of watching two teams that you you know, know play, you're watching one team and a Division two college sometimes. Yeah. Twice as many games as we will see in Big East play. Yeah. Um, this week, are you? is there a Gavit game that has your uh, attention the most? Seton Hall, Iowa should be a good game. And then Friday has two really good games. Villanova, Michigan State, and... Um, I know which one you're talking about. Oh, it's uh, Indiana and Xavier. Xavier. Yeah. Uh, I'm really, you know what? I know this isn't going to get the same attention. I'm really interested in the Butler Penn State game. I want Butler to be good. I think that really elevates the conference. Um, Penn State is kind of in the same position in the Big Ten that Butler is in the Big East. Uh, they're kind of the middle, they're kind of the bottom middle of the pack. Um, so if Butler could get a win there, you know, DePaul is going against Minnesota. It's going to be hard for DePaul. Um, but Minnesota isn't highly rated in the big, you know, the big time. But Butler Penn State's my favorite. I'm game. telling you, Butler fans, watch out for this kid Seth Lundy. He's a killer. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, Marquette and Purdue, Iguodara versus Zach Eady for. Yeah, um, that's gonna be tough. Um, Masada. I think we might have got the game wrong. By the way, for uh, Friday. Friday. Did I say... No, Xavier, Indiana. Are you yeah, sure? Yeah. Because they're playing on Wednesday, too. No, Miami Providence. Iowa, Seton Hall. Miami Providence. Um, Indiana, Georgetown. I... It's not Indiana, it's, Georgetown. Or Indiana, Xavier. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis versus Chat Nunji. That's good TV. Yeah. That's hey. one I'll have to tune into. This is going to be our first test of what does the Big East look like against another Power 5 conference. Yeah. And... You could see very... I mean, it's growing pains, too. That's what everyone says. This How many times on March Madness Selection Sunday do you hear, this isn't the same team as we saw on... But I'll say one thing. These games matter. They count. They count. And the selection committee looks at this at the end of the year and how that team did. If Iowa ends up making the tournament and Seton Hall beat them, it's going to be a hell of a resume. And I'll tell you something else. We always, at the end of the year, overestimate how much you're going to take into account the end of the year and yeah. underestimate. Like Texas A&M had run the gambit at the end and they didn't get in because they had had such a poor start to their yeah. season. And Rutgers two years ago, or last year, had to play in the first four games despite looking really good in Big Ten play right. um, because they lost to UMass at the buzzer. That's right. Don't th- These games aren't games you don't want to take for granted. Um, go win them. But I'm really, I'm really excited to see what they look like. Well, this was a great first week of Big East basketball. Um, you know, life is back, you know. I was wondering what to do with the other 50% of my life. Now I, I figured yeah. it out. So, uh. Baseball ended like at the perfect time where Big East basketball could take over. So, um, we're go- I don't know. I like the PTI format today. Yeah, I think it was good. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you thought. Um, we're having fun. Hope you guys are having fun listening. Yeah, and for your friends. And as always, thank you for pulling up a stool.